This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. boys are back, back. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception Perception, the show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Coe, Matt Harmon here with you, and you are listening to Reception Perception, the show. All right, Matt. Uh, it's the second show of the week, and um, if I sound a little bit different, it's because you had the condo cast. I've got the brother-in-law cast right now. <laughs> I am scrambling the Jets, baby. I mean, um, look, we, I, we're, we're trying to plan around this fumigation that we've got going on at my house. And uh, with the peek behind the curtain here, we, we, we organized this time between my, Matt and myself, and, and, and we set it for, we set it for what, um, 10 a.m. local time here uh, in, in, in Los Angeles, 1 a.m. over there on the East Coast, and it's 10 a.m., and it's 8 a.m., and we get a knock on the door. Our fumigation guys are supposed to be there at noon. They show up at 8 and now I am just scrambling and life is absolute hell right now. I'm at the point, Matt, where, uh, first of all, we stayed up all night packing all this stuff for this fumigation. I'm at the point now where I'm just like, yo, you know what? Just let the termites eat the house because I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I'm over it, bro. I mean, just, just let the termites win because we've lost. I mean, it's fine, you know? Yeah. Um, I, like fumigation, I feel like in like routine fumigation is a very LA thing. Uh, we had our house in our last house in El Segundo fumigated, um, you know, I think a couple years into living there. And it is not a fun process at all. Oh, it's a nightmare. I mean, it, it's a, it is a nightmare because, you know, you can't have any food out. There's all that. Also, it's just there's some things it's like, man, you know, do we do we want to leave this out? You know, it, it just, and once you, when you get back in <laughs> exactly. there, it's a weird feeling. Exactly. Um, yeah. you know, it, it's just, it's not like packing up and moving or anything, but it's, it's the closest you're going to get to while living in a house. Um, by the way, yeah, they always show up. Er- they're the only service that ever shows up early. The only service on planet Earth that shows up early and probably the last one you want to show up early because of how much goes into it. <laughs> and um, I will say too, it's like we're moving out of our house, man. It's yeah, crazy. it's like you're, mo- you're all moving out of your house. So like I, I will say too though, James, and just to, to really nail the just just to hit the nail in a little harder on you here, you know, when we, when we fumigated, cause like, I don't have two yeah. kids like you do. Um, running around. my wife and I, yeah, my Maniacs. wife and I just went to, you know, we went to Palm Springs for the weekend, like rented a house with a pool and, you know, just, uh, it made it like Beautiful. a little vacation. So, um, <laughs> sorry, pal, that, uh, I'm, I'm better at this than you. <laughs> hey, listen, we're turning into a little staycation too. Uh, but we were supposed to go down to Orange County, man. We're, we're staying at, at a nice hotel down there doing a little staycation, you know, but I tell you, it's just, 
I mean, right when they now. show up early, when they show up early and you've got media obligations, boy, <laughs> I mean, for the people who can see video wise, right? Like, uh, again, I got this, I got a weird backdrop going on. I'm, I'm literally holding, you're holding the, you're holding the holding mic like it. you're on a game show. I mean, <laughs> you about to wrap just, into that thing outrageous uh what is going on right now but uh so i've got a lot of stuff going on in my life uh matt you, you've got some stuff going on too man you've got a big old piece dropping on yahoo today you know typically we, we talk about my yahoo work sometimes on the old reception perception yeah. show uh and i just want to kind of point this out you know for people who are preparing for the fantasy drafts you know we we walked the line here on this show between talking real ball yeah. and talking fantasy but um, you know, I've been working on this piece in the shadows, uh, for the last couple of weeks and finally happy to unveil it. It's essentially, it's called, you know, the 2023 fantasy football draft day blueprint. Um, mm. I wrote about, it's about 5,000 words long, Whoa. Uh, so really, really cracking out James, you know, my old, my old <laughs> NFL, you know, writing when, when, you know, Gelhar was trying to That's beat right. long That's pieces right. out of me, but you know, this is a designed basically to be your one-stop shop for like macro to micro look at, you know, how to approach drafts this year, starting all the Love way it. from like big themes, you know, again, at the top, like I, I think everything this year starts with how you approach quarterback, you know, so that's mm -hmm. like the, how we start the piece. And then by the end of it, it's just the one player. Uh, players actually I won't leave a draft without this year so it goes Ooh. all the way from the top of the funnel baby all the okay. way to the bottom um, I will say I'll spoil that last part here just for our reception perception folks and there's you know there you reception go. perception stuff sprinkled out what's great about it too is of that course. there's nuggets from all of the Yahoo crew on there like pieces that Andy has written Scott has written Dalton one of awesome. our new writers Jorge Martin uh, he's mm. in there too like just kind of weaving everything you need to know it's it's you're supposed to kind of leave it and come back to it basically because it's so long but I will say for our reception perception folks I'll spoil that last thing for you please go read the other you know 4,500 freaking words <laughs> I put into this thing but the one players I'm not leaving drafts without this year and there's a reason yeah. I keep saying players parentheses there okay. is I will not leave a draft without taking a Ravens wide receiver and I'm okay mm. taking any of those three guys based on okay. how the board falls and I mean most of our subscribers and our listeners know why I, I love right. the way this wide receiver crew is set up this year um, mm -hmm. specifically you look at those players and, and man, I mean, there again, there's just, there's so much potential here. And for one, I want this to be the last time anyone who's listening to this or reading the piece wants this to be the last time you think about the Ravens and like the, the, the Greg Roman era. We're not talking about that anymore. I, the, the, right. Lamar, they're always going to lean run heavy with Lamar at quarterback, but Rich Rebar pointed this out and I, to, when we were tweeting back and forth and I included the, the tweet here. The most routes run with Lamar Jackson on the field and all players with 300 plus routes during the regular season since he entered the league. Mark Andrews, Marquise Brown, Willie Sneed, shout out Willie Sneed, Devin Duvernay, Miles Boykin, Nick Boyle, Patrick Ricard. Patrick Ricard, 376 routes, is currently practicing with the offensive line in training camp. <laughs> I swear to God, I was just charting some Tyree Kill the other day against the Ravens, yeah. and I literally saw a snap where freaking Patrick Ricard, who's like 300-pound fullback, yeah. starts out as a slot receiver, is motioned out, back out wide on the right side, and runs a goddamn vertical route. I mean, that's what we're talking about in that offense. That is no more. <laughs> the heavy formations, all that stuff, it's no more. This is Todd Monken's offense, and the key to this right. take really lies in the fact that I believe via their, their most recent reception perception seasons, 
These guys are extremely good wide receivers. Zay Flowers, his Boston College reception perception sample, 73.1% success rate versus man. Odell Beckham, 72.3% success rate versus man with the Browns slash Rams in 2021 and Rashad Bateman in 2021 as a rookie, 72.7% success rate versus man coverage. This wide receiver core is really good. Someone is going to step up here. So maybe it's all three of them, or maybe it's just one. If all things were equal, I think it would be Bateman, but I still believe, uh, obviously, he's he's the least healthy of the group right now. You know, Beckham is an injury question mark, but Flowers is a prospect I love. So this right. year in fantasy football, I am determined to make sure I leave the draft with one of those Ravens wide receivers. And a lot of it is because, hey, these guys are really good route runners. And, like, think about that list I just read off. I mean, give me a break. This is the most talented receiving core Lamar Jackson has ever played with by, oh, like, country four miles. and a half country. Four and a half country <laughs> miles, bro. I mean, so make sure make sure you take a Ravens receiver this year because there's upside with all three of these guys. I think there's a ton of upside, and, and I think, Matt, you'd be the first person uh, to recognize this, too. We just – they got to stay healthy, man. Got to stay know? healthy. And, and I love the fact, too, that, okay, we talk about the OC change. Fine. But maybe more importantly, they made a change in the strength and conditioning room. Yes. And, and, I, and I think maybe that might be more important um, or just as important as the OC change and all the personnel changes uh, in regards to the Ravens. Because, man, no team has been, you know, I mean, there's Charger fans in the chat saying, well, hold up now, hold up. <laughs> yeah, whoa. I'm just saying, oh, hey, hey, I'm just saying the Ravens have been absolutely decimated. Uh, by injuries and certainly I think their strength and conditioning uh, staff has a lot uh, of weight to bear uh, in that regard uh, by the way this Todd Monken change it reminds me a lot of when the Bills went from uh, what was it Denison to uh, to Brian Dable you know what I mean where yeah. you're like okay I Basically, under Dennison, you know, Josh Allen was this option quarterback running first. And and, and kudos, obviously, to, to Josh Allen uh, for changing up his game. But, man, the, when Dable came in, it was just a different – it was just a completely different system. Obviously, adding Stefan Diggs to the mix, uh, you know, uh, changed a lot of things as well. Uh, but just – it was just the, the – the offense was just completely different. And so now I see a lot of similarities and a lot of parallels – um, and I'm sure you do too, Matt, with, with the addition of Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, and, and just uh, you add Todd Monkin into the mix. This all of a sudden just it just feels different what they got in Baltimore this year. It totally does. And yeah, it's not the same as like, OK, Josh Allen gets Stefan Diggs, um, you know, one elite wide receiver or Jalen Hurts right. gets A.J. Brown, one elite wide receiver. Right. And look, I'm ready. I'm ready to get my heart broken by injury. I, I said that right <laughs> after the draft. I'm so exactly. ready. I mean, in the yep, tweet that I put ready. out there, I literally <laughs> talked about how I'm using old charts. It's a yep. setup, right? Bateman 21, Beckham 21, right? That that there's therein lies the rub. There, you know, yep. there's the the, yep, same, yep. the quiet part being said out loud, right? But yep. I, I do think if these guys all stay healthy, the amalgamation of them all, the kind of the, the right. concentration yes. of them all can equal like one, maybe even one and a half like elite wide receivers if they're yeah. all out there. And Why like Mark not? Andrews, Mark Andrews is still there. Mark Andrews mm. is still a great tight end. Mm -hmm. You know, we're talking like Devin mm -hmm. Duvernay was the number two receiver, 
he was he was supposed to be the number two receiver, right? Um, across from Rashad Bateman last year, Bateman started getting banged up. By the way, Bateman gets banged up last year. The passing game goes in the tank. That's not a coincidence. Um, right. Devin Duvernay was supposed to be. The, he's like the four, maybe. He not, if all things are equal and everybody is healthy. So, um, by the way, even like Nelson Aguilar. Look, I know Nelson Aguilar is like a punchline around the Philadelphia Eagles, but. That guy's like maybe the fourth receiver on the team, maybe the fifth receiver on the team, you know? So they have depth there now, I think, to yeah. withstand injuries from a Lamar presence. But yeah, man, I mean, again, I, I think all things being equal, Bateman would be the guy I'd peg to be the number one, the alpha, but obviously he's on the PUP right now. He needs to get right. healthy. Um, so for me, I think... I, and you you said this in my in my rankings in my tiers I've got the hedge right now where all of those guys are ranked forty seven <laughs> to forty that's another thing too I'm not telling right. you to overextend yourself you can get these guys no, and like no take, yeah 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 it's like okay Beckham goes off the board move to Flowers uh, if Flowers goes off the board first like maybe you move to Bateman so I just think there's so much upside in in this uh, in this receiver core so I really want to make sure you guys get like at least one of them coming out of the drafts all right so um. Again, Odell Beckham is uh, is is one of the linchpins, one of the keys to Baltimore turning this thing around. And when when Odell Beckham was in his prime, at the exact same time, there was a fellow by the name of maybe you remember this guy by the name of Michael Thomas. Okay, <laughs> also flying around, catching a million balls per season, and doing big things for the Saints. Um, I want to talk about. Uh, we talked. Hey, listen, we talked about Tampa Bay. Uh, mm-hmm. in uh, the earlier episode this week. I, I thought we might stay in that uh, in that division. Okay, let's talk Saints. I want to talk about Panthers. Let's do a little team preview as we get a little closer into the season. These let's stay teams- in the humidity. Let's stay in the humidity <laughs> of, of the Southeast. <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. You know, and, 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 and especially the Panthers, man, I feel like, you know, these are teams that um, – that are getting a little overlooked, you know, and so I want to kind of mm-hmm. turn over the rocks here, see if there's a little something to uncover. Um, both in real life and from a fantasy perspective for either one of these teams. And by the way, of course, we're going to get to the option route. Uh, I love the option route nowadays, but uh, but I'll let the listeners kind of ruminate on this, okay? But the, uh, the option will be uh, a million bucks, but you've got to have a reality show camera crew following you around every day for a year, and they're going to make a show about it. All right, so what do you do? 1,000 or 1 million, what you got? What you got? Uh, we'll ask Matt Harmon. Uh, and, and, and of course, we'll uh, we'll chime in here, man, uh, in regards to option route. But let's start with the Saints, man. OK, look, uh, again, we talk about your tiers on the website, receptionperception.com. Tier seven, you've got a fella by the name of Michael Thomas. Michael, Th- when was the last time Michael Thomas has put together even a, a, a relatively stable season uh, in this tier, Matt Harmon? Uh, you've got Adam Thielen, Nico Collins, Isaiah Hodgins. Cortland Sutton, Van Jefferson, Jacoby Myers, Curtis Samuel, and Michael Gallup. My man, I'm going to be 100%. I'm going to keep it 100 with you right here. I'm going to take every single one of those dudes ahead of Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas at tier seven feels like an absolute reach, my dude. Uh, by the way, I have him lower than consensus. You realize that's like, crazy. Consensus, consensus that is crazy. He's wide receiver 46, oh uh, and I Why? have him at 55. That's insane. Um, Why? My 46th player what are we is, doing is, out Odell, here? is Odell Beckham, who I guess you could kind of say the same things about that you're saying with Michael Thomas, but uh, he, I mean, I guess, that's a whole, but, that's a whole we, tier higher. That's a whole yeah, yeah, tier yeah. higher. You I know, know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, exa- yeah, I'm not, yeah, yeah. I, I just think like my, I think I said this before, that that seventh tier there is basically 
all of the guys that are going to get more volume than people want to admit, right? Right. Like the Isaiah yeah, yeah, Hodgins, yeah. the Nico Collins, yep. the Adam, mm. Adam friggin' Thielen, Cortland Sutton, they certainly fit into that bucket. Um, I think Michael Thomas fits into that bucket if he's healthy. And yeah, I get it, bro. If he's healthy, that's the big uh, caveat <laughs> here. Uh, because right. look, even... But here, here's the thing I think is important to realize and why I still, even if he plays, I'm a little lower than consensus on Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas at his peak, I think was a truly elite wide receiver. Um, oh, yeah. Some of, yeah. I mean, like e- elite capital E wide receiver. His 2018 season, by the way, the season before he broke the catch record, uh, you know, 82.2% success rate versus man coverage insanely high the second highest score in reception perception history that's what michael thomas did in 2018 and then obviously like i said next year he broke the catch record he has always been like an elite press man coverage beater also an 89.3 percent success rate versus zone coverage in um that 2018 season again before he broke the catch record that is the um, seventh highest all time in reception perception. So we're talking about one of the best receivers ever uh, in the reception perception era, like an elite capital E uh, wide receiver, but he definitely showed signs of decline, right? Uh, in, in 2020, he was still very good when he played just a few games, but he was getting banged up. And then uh, in 2021, he doesn't play. It's only a three game sample from 2022, but I did put okay. the full profile up on the website, but he's down at 65.1% success rate versus man, 73.3% success rate versus zone still showed an ability to get off the line of scrimmage against press coverage, 73.1%. So I don't think he's totally yeah. cooked, but we are talking about a guy who clearly in those three games showed diminished separation ability was still fantastic, like a fabulous contested catch receiver. And I think he will be a factor in the red zone and in tight coverage if he gets on the field for the 2023 Saints. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm not counting on Michael Thomas being like anything back close to his old form, but right. I do want to remind people that his old form was about as good as it possibly uh, could get. But honestly, dude, I just hope he's out there so that uh, he opens things up more for Chris Olave. Like, yeah, I think the, the Saints right now are perfectly set up for Chris Olave to dominate targets, but have just enough other threats on that team uh, to keep defenses honest, even more. I think even more so than like the 2022 Vikings with Justin Jefferson, where they knew who to double cover in that situation. I think right. there are more threats on the Saints, possibly, uh, than there was for the Vikings last year. I want to ask about alignment here, okay? Because Chris Olave, clearly a budding superstar. I don't think he had a lot of highlight catches, so he didn't have like mm-hmm. some of that highlight bias coming in. So I think that's why you can actually get Chris Olave at a pretty decent uh, price in fantasy drafts this year. I think he's just an absolute just rock star you throw in a better quarterback situation clearly a better quarterback situation there uh with the saints and 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 with Derek carr and chris olave i mean he could just absolutely just moonshot it this year right yeah um Mm -hmm. but his supporting cast around him okay so michael thomas um the last time i think we really got a closer look at him they they played him outside a lot more than we were used to seeing in his heyday with Drew Brees. Um, you know, he got, an, uh, I think, an unfair reputation as like a short area specialist. Couldn't really beat you over the top. Um, and then in 2020, I believe, um, when they opened it up a little bit more for Michael Thomas, I was surprised when when you were charting him. And this is a guy that was his nine route success rate was, you know, mid to upper 50s. Um 
his pretty much his entire career. And then all of a sudden in 2020, it shoots up to like 71% success rate on the nine route, which is in 63.6% uh, success rate on the corner. And you're thinking, okay, well, okay, what's going on here? This is, this is pretty good stuff uh, deep in over the top. But for this particular team, considering the injuries, considering the age, Matt, um, don't you feel as if they need, I look at the roster, they don't really have a guy that can win inside. Yeah, no, it's actually a really good point because Michael Thomas coming into the NFL was sort of like, oh, maybe he could be a big slot receiver. Maybe he's going to be right. the Marquise Colston replacement, right, in, in Sean Payton's mm -hmm. offense. Exactly. But that really wasn't who he was. In his prime years, he was, he was running a lot of short uh, underneath routes, probably because his quarterback's arm was rapidly, rapidly declining, <laughs> basically from 2017 to when yeah. the point when Drew Brees retired. But right. he was out there lining up as an X receiver, like on the line of scrimmage, running like a lot, again, a lot of in-breaking routes, but he was lining up as that X receiver, winning against press man coverage on the outside and winning deep routes. He just had a quarterback that was not going to get him the ball, right? So mm -hmm. actually, it's kind of like one of the, I think it's actually kind of one of the greatest what ifs, like that we never got to see Michael Thomas and Jameis Winston together, like when Winston was mm. starting, because, you know, even like right. Winston last year before Andy Dalton took over was just ripping it ripping it deep oh, down yeah. the field to to um to chris olave so we never yeah. we got to see it a little bit last year but again like that's a diminished version of michael thomas so i i kind of feel like it's a shame that we never got to see thomas like at his peak with a guy who could push the ball down the field because i think it got you know that's how the slant boy moniker got got you know right got labeled on him which i think was more of a drew Brees thing but now at this point in his career could Michael Thomas transition to a big slot receiver role? I think it's a good question by you because I think the thing is, though, I think Chris Olave is probably best just from a size perspective as a flanker receiver. Okay. Um, I think when you look at Rashid Shahid, who I'm very high, I'm very high on, uh, you know, he has a two game sample up in the in season tracker on the site. Mm -hmm. I think he showed he can play like as a, as a legit dude, but is he more of like a speed slot receiver? So I, I wonder if, like, from a size perspective, they just keep sticking Michael Thomas out there as an X receiver because he might be the only guy on the roster to play that position. But I do think from an inside slot receiver perspective, it might be the best spot for him long term. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out. Like, I, I look at Shahid, and I don't, I, I don't think he profiles really as, like, a slot guy. I mean, Olave, look, when you're, when you're someone like Olave, you could play everywhere. That's fine. Yeah, totally. Um, but, but, again, what's his – Generally in the NFL, you want your best players, uh, Cooper Cup withstanding, but you want your best players pl primarily playing outside. I'm saying I'm mm. not saying you got to be, you know, Devontae Parker levels of like 85, 88 percent outside. I'm just saying, you know, there's your Devontae Parker ref for the, for the pod. <laughs> there you go. Like You don't need to be 90 percent outside, but you want your you know, you want your star guy to be out there at least 75 percent, 70 ish percent, mm -hmm. I think is a fair um, a fair percentage. By the way, Rashid Shahid last year in 2022 played outside 76% of his snaps. So, you know, again, I, I don't see Shahid as, as an outside guy or excuse me, as an inside guy. Um, I look at some of these, these other players, Traquan Smith. I mean, not really AT Perry. Talk, talk to me about AT Perry. Don't know a ton about him, but again, just from, uh, from things that I've read and seen, I don't see him as an inside guy either. Yeah, I think he is definitely interesting. You know, he fell very far in the draft. I thought he was going to go higher, but he ended up going in the sixth round to the Saints. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there were some like 
work ethic issues, stuff like that, that people whispered about. I don't know if those are true. Those are just the reason that people hypothesized about why he fell. Um, which, which again, I don't know anything about and, and, you know, so I can't really speak on that, but that's just what I heard in terms of why he may have fallen. But when you look at his reception perception profile, he absolutely looked like an X receiver, right? right. 70.7% success rate versus man, 68.7% success, or excuse me, 68.7% success rate versus man, 70.6% success rate versus press. And he was again, lining up as like a true X receiver. Uh, you mentioned those outside alignments. He was lined up outside on 93.3% of his sample. Good God. It was on the line <laughs> of scrimmage for 97.2. So he was basically purely an X receiver yeah, in this right. kind of wacky wake forest offense. But yeah, he's a guy that, I mean, again, six round pick who, who knows, but he's somebody I would keep an eye on as like a developmental X receiver prospect. Maybe he doesn't make much noise as a rookie, but is definitely someone to kind of keep an eye on as maybe like the heir apparent to Michael Thomas's X receiver spot. Yeah. So again, I, I go back to this roster construction. I don't see a clear guy lining up inside um, other than Olave, who again, can line up everywhere. Michael Thomas, I'm telling you just with the injuries and the edge, it just, it just feels it feels like his time to kick inside. But um, one thing I'll say, though, is like how often are they lining up in 11 personnel? Remember, this team spent a lot of resources at the tight end position. They bring mm-hmm. in Derek Carr's old buddy, Foster Moreau, uh, oh from the yeah. Raiders. Uh, mm-hmm. They bring in uh, – well, they re-signed – Jawan Johnson to I think a two year deal as a restricted free agent. I think he has some real interesting upside. I as love like a, him. A flex move guy. Oh they yeah. Also, I mean, they signed Jimmy Graham again. Blast from the past. Jeez. That that one. This, <laughs> talk about somebody who hasn't played in a while. He he literally didn't even play last year. Jimmy Graham. So oh, I mean, God. that's at least interesting. So how much like twelve personnel is this team going to run? And by yeah. the way, like if they do that. Research has been has been done and has shown that like yards per route run boosts when you have talking about two receiver sets. Mm. Um, targets per route run boosts when we're talking about two receiver sets to those outside receivers. So if we're just getting Chris Olave and maybe it's Michael Thomas, maybe it's Rashid Shahid if at some point. Yeah. Like Chris Olave is gonna dominate targets in that scenario from Derek right. Carr, who I agree with you. Andy Dalton, great efficiency metrics last year, probably because he's throwing to a guy who was always freaking open in Chris Olave. <laughs> right. I think Derek Carr is going to benefit. Like we've talked yeah. about this too. Derek Carr's connection with Devontae Adams on intermediate routes, so good. And that's where Chris Olave is really special. You know, you look at him, uh, dig route success rate, out route success rate, curls, comebacks, obviously the vertical stuff too. But I mean, yeah, man, he can really make money with Derek Carr this year. I, I'm very high on Chris Olave, but I, I do think they might end up playing more 12 personnel than we're thinking about. Yeah, you're probably right. Great offensive line, too, uh, with mm-hmm. New Orleans. So, you know, I think the run game will be heavily featured. Uh, it's it's kind of like a boomerish coaching staff philosophy yes. anyways, you know, so they're going to try to run that ball. They just signed Kareem Hunt, too. And you're like, well, OK, I mean. I guess. I mean, it, I guess it makes sense. You, you've got, you know, Alvin Kamara with three game suspension. Um, but you have know, you, they spent. Have you seen? But that, they spent money on Jamal that, Williams um, too. Have you also? Have you seen that? Like John Gruden is like always at their practices, and he's like a big part yeah. of installing the offense. Which one I think is ironic because remember everybody's like, oh yeah, John Gruden can't wait to get rid of Derek Carr. He hates Derek Carr. But now he's like working as a consultant with <laughs> Derek Carr's team. Um, like is John Gruden, the shadow offensive coordinator or the shadow HC of the, of the new Orleans saints. I mean, at at least that is interesting. And, and again, 
talk about 12 personnel, two tight ends. And, and you know, what would he say when he got hired by the Raiders? I'm throwing the game back to 1996. Um, I think we could see a lot more of that uh, if Gruden is in the mix, even more so than I was expecting with, like, Pete Carmichael and the boys. Hey, everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. It's Reception Perception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. How about the the, the Carolina uh, Panthers? Adam Thielen, the highest tiered wide receiver uh, in this group. Again, he's in that tier seven. Just to reiterate, tier seven features Nico Collins, Isaiah Hodgins, Cortland Sutton, Van Jefferson, Jacoby Myers, Michael Thomas, Curtis Samuel, and Michael Gallup. Uh, Adam Thielen as the highest tiered wide receiver in tier number seven, Matt. Um, what what are your expectations here? Look, obviously they're not very high, and I don't think there's a lot of high expectations for anyone in this passing game. Uh, but what do you think about Adam Thielen? I, it, it appears, at least from a roster construction standpoint, he's got to be the top target getter in a Carolina Panthers uniform. Yeah, and I don't think Adam Thielen is totally cooked. I think he is definitely a declined player, but I think Thielen yeah. is going to play a big role and I think he might play like all three receiver positions. You know, cuz DJ Chark is a pure outside guy. Um Terrace Marshall is a pure outside guy. So in that scenario if those are the three receivers on the field, are we seeing a lot of like Adam Thielen in the slot there? I actually think that would be really, he's similar to what we just talked about with Michael Thomas. I think that would actually mm -hmm. be a really good setup um, for, <clears throat> for, for Adam Thielen there. Um, I think this might be the worst receiver core in the league though. Uh, just on paper right now, heading into week one. I mean, again, I we're talking about Adam Thielen. That's not great. Like DJ Chark is, is a one trick pony. He's a ball yep. winner downfield. He's not, I mean, his reception perception really discouraging the last two to three years in decline. You know, he, everybody's still talking about DJ Chark ran a four. He runs a four, three. Well, he ran a four, three, about six ankle injuries ago. Okay. So, <laughs> um, he doesn't, Good let me call. tell you, he doesn't run a damn four, three anymore. Good call. Uh, Good call. or at least he's not, he's not he turns like a battleship at this point. Terrace Marshall, yeah. you know, I do think Terrace Marshall, maybe – I wouldn't be surprised if, like, by the end of the year, Terrace Marshall, who I'm not that big of a fan of, he isn't shown very well in the NFL, but, like, I, I think he could play the X receiver spot ahead of, um, you know, ahead of uh, a, a DJ Chark at some point. But the, Because this receiver core is so wide open. The guy who's interesting to me here, and I'm not drafting him uh, because, like, this is – he's a classic rookie receiver, might pop in the back half of the year. It's Jonathan Mingo to me, man. I, mm. I was a big fan of Jonathan Mingo as a prospect. You know, I okay. compared him to like an Amon Ross St. Brown type. 
in his in his pre-draft prospect profile, uh, interception perception, big time guy that can separate underneath, but can win downfield and is a bully after the catch. It sounds a lot like Amon Ross St. Brown, who you know I loved in reception perception as a prospect, but noted that he was playing out of position outside for USC. Mingo, I think similarly is probably going to play inside. He's probably going to play off the line of scrimmage. And then we're talking about a guy, if he develops similar to like Amon Ross St. Brown, and I think Mingo mm-hmm. is probably more explosive downfield yeah. at his peak than Amon Ross St. Brown is. But like St. Brown developed, we talked about him developing against man press coverage in his second season. And we know the type of second season he had, but I wouldn't be surprised if like Mingo, because this receiver core is so up in the air, like it's it's not going to be week one, two, three, four, five for Jonathan Mingo. But if it's no. like week 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, that I could see being the time when Jonathan Mingo rises. So he's not a guy I'm drafting, but he's a guy that I'm keeping my like keeping on waiver wire speed dial, if that makes sense. Can I? Yeah, no, I love that. I, I love that call. Well, first of all, all rookie wide receivers usually take that at least a six week period, right, um, to, to start popping. Uh, from a production standpoint. Um, but I, I want to go back to that and I want to challenge that just a little bit, just because I've got some follow-up questions there. When I watch Jonathan Mingo play, I see a guy who is very raw. Um, mm-hmm. and, and when I saw Amon Ross St. Brown play this, I, to me, I'm like, okay, this guy can run routes. You know, this, this yeah. guy is absolutely a polished route runner, um, for a collegiate player. I love the fact that they both attack the ball in the air. So I see the similarities there. Very aggressive, uh, with the football playing it um, once it's in the air, which is which is I love that. I love that about Mingo. Uh, but you're right. I think he's got a little bit more juice after the catch. But I want to go back to the route running part. That's what surprises me uh, when you say when you start talking about Mingo versus Amon Ross St. Brown. I say Mingo is a much more, you know, uh, moldable clay. Uh, you know, somebody that, you know, again, if he, if he gets that work ethic going in the right direction, man, he he starts, you know, building those skill sets up, man, like this guy could be an absolute problem, but I just don't see it for 2023, but maybe I'm wrong, man. Tell, tell me where you you're at with Mingo in terms of route running. Yeah. So the St. Brown comparison is kind of more of a role comparison. Like I think that might be the ideal role for him where, you know, they yeah. move St. Brown a ton around pre-snap. Like you can see snaps of Jonathan Mingo in college, like blocking his ass off as a tight oh, yeah. scrimmage player. You know, um, he's a physical player. Uh, he, he's certainly somebody that like can can win as a blocker. Like I think he might have yep. been the best blocking receiver in the draft. And, you know, this is a team that I do think wants to run the ball a lot. Um, by the way, they're a team that's going to throw the ball to the running back a lot. I don't care what Miles Sanders like receiving work looks like with Jalen Hurts as his quarterback. Yeah, they're right. with this receiver core and with the money they gave him, they're throwing him the ball like sixty to seventy times uh, this year. And we'll see <laughs> how it works to. out for them. They've got they have to. to. Right. So, yeah. um, but with Mingo, yeah, I think he's going to block really well there, and that's why I'm saying he's a back half of the year candidate. And even then, I'm not saying he's going to put up a ton of production, but okay. I think that's the time of year when he's going to be playing a lot, and that's when you're going to want to chase that production. And last note, I'll just say on the work ethic part, um, you ready for a name drop here? Uh, look okay. out. Uh, close personal friend, uh, Steve Smith. Uh, oh, from the Carolina Panthers. You yes. might have heard of him. He's Perfect. very high on his like uh, tenaciousness and work ethic ability and what he's going to like uh, the, the oh, dog. You know, they love I'm telling you for this for a fact. They love Mingo in Carolina. They're all in okay. on his talent. They took him very high and aggressively in the draft. Um, yeah. Like I, I agree with you. He is a developmental player a little bit. I think they're gonna mm-hmm. like experiment with the role for him. 
I don't okay. think he's going to be an X receiver, but I think if you're moving him around pre-snap that you can get some good advantageous matchups as he refines his route running. Fair or unfair comparisons um, with Debo Samuel? Yeah, I mean, like nobody's Debo Samuel, so there is that. Um, but like, I don't think Jonathan Mingo is going to be taking handoffs, right? Like, like De- that's the thing with the Debo Samuel stuff that's kind of hard because – I mean, we're talking like people do it either either way, right? Where we mentioned this on the last show, and speaking of which, he plays for the Carolina Panthers. You know, people are like, "Oh, this is Lavisca Chenault, the next Debo Samuel." It's like, well, he can take snaps from the backfield, sure, and he all of his yards last year were like yards after catch, Lavisca Chenault, so he can do the gadgety stuff, but he can't do the real wide receiver stuff that Debo Samuel does, beaten zone coverage. I do think that Jonathan Mingo could do that, especially when you think about the routes that Debo Samuel was really good on like actually really, really good. He's not a complete route runner, but like the digs, the slants, the crossing routes, I do think Mingo showed an ability also on deep out routes as well too, like the slants and stuff like that. That was where those were his best routes in his reception perception sample. But I think Mingo also showed you a little more like man coverage, curl route ability, working back to the quarterback as an outside receiver than, than really you've seen with Debo so far. But I do think from a crossing route perspective, and, and then obviously the yak stuff, that's really – and the bully yeah. ball mentality. That's where the comparison comes in. Like the physical aggressive part of the game, that's where it's going to be key for for Mingo and pretty similar to Debo. You know, I, I, I'd be remiss in not mentioning too Hayden Hurst if we're talking about fantasy. Um, and again, we just talked about how this wide receiver core might be the worst in the NFL. I think Houston's probably in that mix too uh, for worst overall you know units, wide receiver units in the NFL. But Hayden Hurst there um, with Frank Reich is is interesting. Frank Reich has a, a pretty good history, I think, with tight ends. Obviously, he featured a lot of tight ends there uh, in Indianapolis. But um, but yeah, I mean, even when he was an OC, I, I thought you know their their tight ends got a lot of work too. So I think Hayden Hurst, uh, again, if you're looking for a later round sleeper play, uh, could be an interesting option there for you at that position. Um, but yeah, I, I think of the, of the guys that I am looking at in a Carolina Panthers uniform, man, probably the most interested. Um, I think Adam Thielen is one of those safe, but really boring picks. Yeah. Like what's the, what's the upside on Adam Thielen? Is he gonna, is he gonna, does he have the, in his bag? Can he turn around a, a top 25 performance? I'm just, I'm not sure. You know, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, we're but, still talking about a rookie quarterback here, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to your point, they're probably going to run a lot. Um, Terrace Marshall, Jonathan Mingo, younger players, athletic profiles that I'm at least more interested in. I know Terrace Marshall hasn't shown a ton in reception perception, but Matt, you you uh, you ha- you do have to admit he has improved. He has improved. Not that hard because his rookie year was one of the worst <laughs> sampled in reception perception history. So not that hard of a bar to cross. I'm just saying he did improve in 2022. Uh, yeah, and I think the main thing there is they found the right role for him. Uh, right. Remember, as a rookie, I mean, you know, the bonehead like Matt Rule coaching staff had him oh, um, as like a slot receiver. And he was exclusively ter- slot, yeah. almost exclusively a slot receiver. And he was terrible in that role because right. he, the routes you want him to run as a slot receiver is not it. Like basically he, he is uh, hopefully like we, we talk about the Devonte Parker axis of X receivers. Here we go again, baby. He is on that axis. Like, and that was yeah. the role he should play. And that was the role he played as a se- in his second year. And he won on vertical routes and he won on slant routes. And that's about it. 
But if he continues to be consistent and he shines with this coaching staff and like DJ Chark yeah. doesn't work out, again, I think he could play that X receiver role for this team. I just think he's going to be a very limited player, not a very, um, not of like a full time target getter, if that makes sense. It's Reception Perception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. All right, so there you go. Uh, we covered a lot of ground in terms of the NFC South there, but uh, how about the option route now? Uh, 1,000 or 1 milli, but Matt Harmon, you have to have a reality show camera crew following you around every single day of the year for an entire year, and they're going to make a show about it. What you got, Matt Harmon? Who is more likely to be happy with this, uh, me or Aaron Rodgers, who is actually going through this right now, you know, with the hard knock stuff? And, and <laughs> That's a good basically point. said, like, the NFL <laughs> jammed it down their throat or whatever with the hard knock stuff. Who, who yeah. is more? I think, I think Rodgers probably. It's probably Rodgers. But, yes, um, probably. okay. Let me run out. By, 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 by the way, by, by the way, Rod, Rogers, you protest too much. You know, you yeah. doth protest too much. You know, it's like sure. hey, Rogers. Come on, bro. Like, I, I love you, Rod. Okay, Aaron, I love you, man. Okay, you, Cal you went to Cal. I went to Cal. Okay, I, I love you to death. <laughs> but let's be let's be real here. Come on, bro. Like, you, you're not that upset that there's a camera crew following you around. You know, you know, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Uh, you, you, you doth protest too much, Aaron Rodgers. I, I'm just. That's all it is. By the way, hard knocks. Haven't seen it yet, but I can't wait, man. I cannot wait. This is one of the most interesting teams that they've had on Hard Knocks in years. In years, years. for sure. So I'm really looking forward uh, to this year's Hard Knocks. So let's see what happens. But anyways, uh, go ahead, Matt Harmon. You taking that Millie man to have a, a reality camera crew following you around? A couple of stipulations here. Let okay. me let me just let me just get this out of the way. Like what are we talking about like following you around? I mean, are they with you 365, 24 yeah. seven? Yeah. Like there's no, cause at least, okay. So here's the deal. Like with the hard, hard knocks, perfect example, right? Like okay. Okay. the, the jets have say on what gets to the cutting room floor, right? Like the teams can okay. say, Hey, you, you can't put this out. Right. Um, you can't, you can't put this, this nonsense, uh, you, you gotta, you gotta leave that on the cutting room floor, but the cameras are, or like, Hey, you need the cameras need to leave while we're cutting guys. Right. That was a big thing here. So do I have any sort of editorial say, say? any, any editorial say <laughs> and, or like, okay, let's say I want to get, um, nah, you know, man. I'm a married, nah, let's say I'm, I'm nah. a married man. I'm, uh -huh. I, you know, I, I, I have needs. My wife has needs. We need to fulfill our needs. Like, do I get to say, get the hell out of here, you know, at this point? Or are they always there? Buddy, like, it's not, it's not, this, we're not making an adult film here, dude. What you talking about, bro? It's that's it's that's a what I'm saying. Show. Well, that's what, where's this reality show what's airing? I mean, about? HBO, they've, they've, they've run about, worse. Dude? No, dude. What are you talking? Okay. First of all, listen, listen, man. This, we're talking about like Andy Cohen is going to be hosting a, a, a post- uh, post show show. All right. Yeah. This is going to be on Bravo. You've got, you don't have like, you've got mild editorial say, but like not very much say at all. This is like, if Bravo is going to be airing this show. Okay. It's going to be on cable. Um, but no, it's not going to be crazy, bro. Like, <laughs> There's going to be cameras all set up in your house. Okay. There's going to be camera crews following you around. You get lunch. Okay. There's going to be, you know, there's going to be producers and stuff. 
you know, throwing out random questions and things like that. Okay. It's going to be, it's going to be that level. Yeah. I don't know much about Bravo. You'd be surprised, but, uh, <laughs> I will say this number one, that is going to be the most boring show of all time. If they're following <laughs> me around, <laughs> that is going to be a dry program. Hey, idi- let's watch this idiot chart routes for five hours and then, uh, That's smoke true. a whole chicken for two hours. You know, this more, <laughs> this, this is, this is the worst program ever aired on television. Um, Number two, there are very few things I imagine I would want to do less than a confessional. Uh, Let me express my feelings to this camera. Like, let me look. I'm totally okay doing straight to cam work. Not about like my thoughts and feelings. Um, And honestly, I asked a lot of these like questions. Dude, yeah. there's no chance. I give me the thousand dollars. I, a, dude, I actively <laughs> fantasize about being unreachable. Like there are way too many ways. And look, I appreciate right. all of the supporters and listeners and subscribers and, and fans and all that. I love talking with you people on Twitter right. and Instagram, uh, in Discord. I mean, the Discord rules. Uh, by the way, we're in a sicko league draft. You need to make your pick. Uh, I think in the draft. Uh, you know that that am I up already? Is- yeah, you're up already. Oh, that chat godly, is popping right. up all the time. I appreciate that, but like you all, then there's my the people in my real life, you know, that are trying to text me and call me, and and then my bosses are email. I I <laughs> actively fantasize about just being in the mountains without and tossing the cell phone off and being completely unreachable. So the idea that now I'm all of that remains, but also I now have to answer to these goofballs with the camera and be like. Tell us your thoughts and feelings about um, how the podcast went today. I would no. Give not only would I, I not only will I take the thousand dollars. I'll pay you a thousand dollars to never let this happen to me ever, ever, ever. Oh, the worst part about that wouldn't be that it'd be like you know your wife said this, um, and or you said this to your wife and she reacted this way. What are you thinking? You know, it's like, oh my God, dude, are you kidding me? First, I'm of thinking all, I don't want to talk to you about that. <laughs> I mean, God, I don't want to talk to any, I don't want to talk to my wife about my feelings. I, I got to talk to you about my feelings. Or what are you crazy? What are you nuts? I, now there's a camera stuck in my face and I got to talk about, nah, man, like that's, I'm good. You know, like, although a million dollars is kind of a lot though. That, you know, again, when I first saw it, it's I one year, it probably- it's one year, one million for a year. That's 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 not bad though that's not bad. it's not bad. like i mean you have put out some ones where i'm definitely going to get hurt i'm definitely going to be in the hospital yeah, uh, i'll yeah, tell you yeah. this i'm closer to saying yet yeah, as much as i said all this stuff about wanting to be unreachable i'm closer to saying yes to this than i am the baby the baby assignment that's still the stone <laughs> worst <laughs> but um yeah I, I still i'm gonna pass i don't even a year i don't think um I just don't think anybody would view me the same ever again. No, uh, with wouldn't. that sort of look into my life, uh, I, I does your marriage survive that year with all of these? Ooh. Like, I don't know, man. There's a lot at stake here. I think a I think I'd be set. Stake. I think it'd be set marriage wise, but like again, I don't want everybody else to look at me weirdly, knowing I don't know. Like, no, no thanks. I'm just saying, um, a million dollars for one year's worth of work. And by the way, it's like you're not really doing a lot of work. I mean, that's the, the reality show circuit is just you're not really doing work. You're just living life and answering stupid questions and then just, you know, pretending to be someone that you're not really uh, for TV purposes. You know what I'm saying? Hey, yo, you know, let I, me tell you this, bro. Yeah, you're doing yeah. it. OK, I'm not I'm doing, doing it. it. I'm you doing, you, doing, you are doing, doing you are doing it I'm doing like it. I'm doing it. you're doing it. The 100 percent. 
you're re- you are born to you. I'm you're ready. Not born to be, but you could certainly like. I'm ready. Co- co- uh, <laughs> incognito or something. I don't know. They could. Th- your name is ready to for, to make like a punny yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of thing. I mean, oh, they could make like good they point. could be in perfect that's harmony for point. me, but like gross. That's Ooh. awful. Well, we've heard enough in of that. Perfect but, like, harmony. What you've got? You've oh got my the, god! You've got what a name charisma. for a show. Okay, perfect harmony. By the way, too, you live in LA. You know, you could go. I don't want any more. I'm gonna go gonna take these fools down to the freaking farm down the street here. The, the farms in Pungo, probably not. <laughs> you, you're ready for this. I'm not. I can't do it. I'll again. I'll pay. I'll put a thousand dollars towards your million to leave me alone. Go. But okay, you can good. <laughs> but you, well, you're gonna be sucked into it. That's the problem. You know, they, they follow me around. You're gonna get sucked into this bad boy for sure. Uh, anyways, uh, our time runs short here. I want to know what you guys would do, man. Millie for one year to be on reality. You know what? I'm doing it, bro. You know, yeah, screw it. it. I mean, it's a Millie. Give me the Millie. I mean, and like, I just gotta go around living life and stuff. Like, it's just me getting drunk on camera. You know what? The, actually, the more I think about it, you know, the, the better it sounds. The more I actually talk about, the better <laughs> it sounds. Fun, have you know, fun. It, it sounded terrible at first. I'm like, oh man, I want, I don't want to talk about the feelings. But you know what? Before you start talking about the feelings, you actually get start drinking too. Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. You know what? Sign me up, bro. Sign, sign me up. One million, and I get to just drink on camera and act a fool. Done. You know what? Forget it. I'm in. Well, I'm definitely gonna I'm watch. <laughs> Anyways, I want to know what you guys would do, man. Are you guys going to sign up for this, Millie? Do this reality show? One million for a year. That's a lot of money, man. That is a lot of money. But to Matt's point, uh, your life will get turned upside down. But yeah, I mean, hey, listen, my wife and I, we've been married for, golly, 14 years. man. If we can't do one year on a reality show, I don't know what's going on, you know? So there you go. Anyways, that's the show. Um, I want to know, find me on Instagram, find me on Twitter. Let me know what you guys would do, man. But, uh, but we got to go for Matt Harmon. I'm James Coe. Uh, we'll see ya. And oh, by the way, always remember it's never too late to chase your dreams. All right, peace.